everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Redman and Riddle podcast. We're having fun, aren't we, Jeremy? Yes, we are. This is Matt here, and we're going to have some conversation today around another aspect of worship and worship leadership that we really feel strongly about. But this is this is a great time to be alive, Jeremy, to be in a room with you, talking about these themes, having some laughs, so having some weighty moments too. Thanks for uh, teaming up on this. Yes. I'm loving it. And know, as honestly. an Englishman, you're still getting used to living in America. There's so many different things like your your tea game. It's beautiful. It's your tea game. Well, it? I was actually going to go with a couple of less liberating to start. Like your tea game's not that good. That's true. I mean, I won't deny that. I don't know if it's a spiritual down that dynamic ever since you chucked all that tea in the in the, in the ocean food game in Boston. Good, though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to the English teeth and food subject yet. Let's just stick True. with the tea. That's right. That's right. I, I must say, I think you're getting a bit better. There are some hard aspects of living here as Englishman, like the sports side of things. You guys are just better. We invent these sports and then most of them you become better at than us. Probably the hardest thing, honestly, living here, over here is you don't have a queen. No, that's we really quite don't. a lot to get used to. That's a, that's a big adjustment. I've done a lot of years with a queen, <laughs> and then it's a big, it's a big. I don't adjustment. know how you're getting on. Actually, <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for what you said about the food. That's really <laughs> yes, that's kind of me. That's kind of yeah. So today we are talking about the theme of holiness versus helpfulness. Holiness oh. versus helpfulness. Hmm. What we're saying here today is that we've become real good at singing about. God's attributes in relation to how they enrich our own lives. So huh. that's helpfulness. Right. But there's another whole aspect too, the whole, another whole level of praise when mm. we stand back and we sing about God's infinite worth in and of itself. It's almost irrespective of whether it brings benefit to our own lives. Right. We might not even be in, this, in the picture. We might, might not be even, even in the story in some mm. of these songs. Mm. But we might need a few more of those worship songs where we ourselves don't even get a mention. And they're songs that exist not to reassure us, not to comfort us, but they simply exist to exalt God for the righteous, radiant, holy king that he is, oh. praising him for his holiness, hmm. not just for his helpfulness. Hmm. I think this is a really key one in these days. I've noticed a trend more and more in songs towards singing just about those attributes of God which are directly beneficial to our own, own lives. So we might sing about him as uh, refuge or or rock or shepherd or fortress right. you might sing about god's faithfulness his love his mercy his peace his presence his yes. promises all wonderful wonderful yes. wonderful things to sing yes. about but you have to make sure that also in the mix you're singing about those other aspects him as creator him as judge him as king sing about the trinitarian nature of god sing wow. about his omnipresence sing about his glory his power his unchanging nature his eternal name hmm. and his holiness the fact that he's so utterly otherly and set apart yeah. above all others, yeah. anything that we could reason or comprehend or imagine. Hmm. I just think it's important days because we've had so many of the former songs, songs about this is what God does for me. Right. This is how I get something out of this right. relationship. Wow. And we need some more of those songs, which just get us back to that place of like, even if I'm not in the picture, even if I'm not in the equation, I don't right. even show up in the song sometimes. Right. I'm just going to sing your utter worth because you are holy, holy, holy. Right. And, I, and I love that you find the mix. So today we're not talking about a better or worse or right. like we're going to lean no. rule into this side and not into this side. We're talking about holiness versus helpfulness. We're going to need to pursue both of these. Yes. And the Psalms do that. Yes. Here's, here's one for you. Psalm 99. This is a Psalm of holiness. 
The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He's exalted above all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. And it goes on to say, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. So that's a psalm of holiness. Then here's a psalm of helpfulness, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And he talks about comfort. He talks about goodness in that psalm and how those things are very present in his life. So that's a psalm of helpfulness. So here we have it, holiness and helpfulness. But we've sung way more songs of helpfulness, (laughs) I feel. Yes. And way less songs of holiness. Yes. Yeah, there's so many different things. You know, as I've spent time thinking about some of these kind of root issues of of why why, why are there trends? Anytime there's a trend, I, I think... It's important to kind of just do an objective study as to why that trend is in place. And it, yeah. as I've thought about this, I feel like there's there's uh, two different reasons for that. And and one is a whole can of worms that I'm debating whether we want to crack open <laughs> or not. I, I think there's there's two ways to begin to move towards these kinds of songs where you begin to move towards the holiness of God and songs that literally declare who he is. And I, and I yeah. find, you know, as I... I used to break my songs down into categories, and one was songs of declaration, and then there were songs of response. And a lot of times, the songs of declaration were, were, were pretty thin. Like, the songs that literally were just like, this is who God is, this is his greatness, they, yeah. they put his whole nature on display. And then there were songs of response, and, and they were the much broader, fatter, back then we used to print our song sheets, and I would keep a folder, literally, that I would flip through. But I remember that the response songs were, were, were it's just, it was the fattest pile. Yeah. I think some of that is... That exists because we write from a place of when we feel the Lord doing, or the Lord meets us where we're at. That's a place, that's the most inspirational place Absolutely. in some ways to write from. It's the easiest place in yeah. many ways to write from. But I but I, I, I think there's a discipline that can come with writing songs that just contain his nature. But I, I think what we often suffer, what keeps us in a self-focused place as worship leaders is, is proximity to the throne. And I think when we keep ourselves, when there's a lack of intimacy and nearness to God, that, that begins to show up, that, that gets reflected. And I, I think my life, the more self-focused I become, it actually begins to operate as a, almost like a spiritual barometer for me. Because when I, when I notice the more self-focused I become, it's almost, I'm almost assured that, that I am lacking real, true intimacy with with the Lord. Because wow. the closer I get to the Lord, the closer I get to his glory, the closer I get to his majesty, the more that begins to flow out of my songs and my life, the more my perspective is shifted off of me and onto God. And I guys, I, you know, I was just thinking about the living creatures and they're not enslaved. <laughs> they're, they're not bound by duty to yeah. say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Yes. Their, their response simply f- flows from their proximity, like, uh, like their fantastic. nearness to the Lord. They, like they're covered with eyes and they're constantly catching a glimpse. They're seeing, they're beholding the Lord. And, and I think if we want these songs, if we want this life, if we want this thing to flow, what's missing is our proximity to the throne. That's and if really we good. will put ourselves near and near, if we will come through the gates of thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and, and begin to move beyond the veil into the actual throne room of the Lord, this, the response takes care of itself. Absolutely. Nobody around the throne is struggling 
to to find a song about the holiness of God. It is it is gushing. I mean, it's like the the, the elders can't stay on their seats. This is not obligation. This yeah. isn't duty. This is simply what it looks like to be in the throne room of God. So, I love that you talk about the throne room of God because I was looking through the songs of heaven in in Revelation chapter four and five. <laughs> recently and and obviously revelation chapter four and five if you're a worship leader this is a great place to hang out so true if you if you need some inspiration you're just about to lead or you need to remind yourself what's going on in this moment <laughs> before you get up there with your guitar or your Come on. instrument this is a great place to really kind of true. ground yourself like okay i i see all the physical things that are happening here here's sounds and i i see all these dynamics standing in the world here but in just as, as real a way, we're actually going to be in this place right now. We're going to be before the throne right. of God together. That's we're going to right. be joining with those living creatures Come you on. spoke about. And if you look at these songs in Revelation 4 and 5, I think they give us some insights mm-hmm. into this whole thing, into this holiness and helpfulness theme. Wow. So Revelation 4, song 1 is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So even before there's a mention of anything he's done or anything he's achieved for us, we're we're diving in here right at the top and saying he's just worthy. Right. He's just worthy because of who he is. Come on. We'll come to that stuff. But first of all, just take a good look mm. at who he is, his brilliance, his mm. radiance, his majesty, his magnificence, wow. his holiness, and, and just begin to sing because of that. Then song number two there, you, you get, you are worthy, our Lord and God, mm. to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. So he's worthy. He is creator. Hmm. So we're, we're still not quite on the scene yet. I mean, we kind of are because <laughs> we're part of that created part of creation. But we're diving in firstly talking about who he is. Now we're starting to talk about what he's done and he's worthy as creator. Then song three. Now we're in Re- Revelation chapter five. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. So now we're talking about him as savior. He's worthy because he's savior. Look what he's done. Then song four is, is accentuating this. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength mm. and honor and mm. glory and praise. So it's the second song of the worth of the savior. It's an emphasizing again, of look at what he's done for us. And so maybe that's a helpful model or pattern for us. We start with the utter worth of God. We just sing into him as songs because of who he is, because he's holy, because he's eternal. Then we sing to him about his creation and praise him as creator. Then we go to the cross and sing to him and thank him and and lay our lives before him as savior. So it's his person and his actions. It's it's songs without us in the picture and then songs with us in the picture. It's holiness and helpfulness. And, and, And I love that. And I think... We've mm. talked about this before on the podcast, but mm. s- one of the most important things that we can get going on in our worship is paradox. That's right. So it's holiness and helpfulness. It's glory and love. It's majesty and mercy. We're leading people into this this mystery, the God who he's the lion and the lamb. Right. I mean, we get so used to hearing that, but right. think about that for a minute it's again. So true, Just this moment, that, that's a complete mystery. How can you be a lion and a lamb? <laughs> that's the, it's wow. so amazing who God wow. is. He's the one who thunders and whispers. Huh. He's the God who terrifies and befriends. Wow. He's the, the king who hung in agony on beams of wood that he himself accorded into being wow. as a savior. He, 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 here's one that I love. He's, he's the, the king whose foot stores the earth, and yet he knelt down and washed the earth off the feet of his disciples. Wow. This is the God we worship. 
And so wow. every time what you want to be doing is inviting people into that, <laughs> that, that mystery, into paradox. Wow. Wow, Matt. That's worth chewing on. And uh, for all the wordsmiths out there, <laughs> you, you probably enjoyed that. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I honestly think there's a challenge, too, in that for writers, for, for people who, even in just all those little phrases, some of you guys just even had imaginative, like creative windows open to you in terms of like, oh, there is more to be captured. And, and I really do think those paradoxes, they, they're like these seemingly contradicting truths, but they live together in Jesus and yeah. it creates mystery. It creates awe. It creates wonder. Yeah. And those, well, essentially they create worship. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and so these two things, really what we're talking about is, is they're meant to live together. And they, they, I think what the church does so many times is, is they pendulum swing, they throw out the baby with the bathwater, it's like we try and remove ourselves from the equation entirely yeah. or, or we try and make ourselves way too much a part of the equation. But the truth is, is that is that these these two things we're talking about, the holiness and the helpfulness of God, they're they're really important things. But I, I you know, if I can, if I may, I, I just want to talk about. I just want to crack open this this and just. We'll see where this goes. Am, but, am I meant to be concerned here? This is, sounds like this is... No, I, I, think, I think what you have to... I think, again, is studying those trends, like the, the effect of the Christian music industry or, or the effect of, of church culture and yeah. how it affects the songs that, that we sing. And I, I think what we have discovered is that songs written to felt needs hit hard. Like, and we, it's, it's just like the same way that a preacher knows that if he preaches to a felt need in yeah. the congregation, you're going to get a much greater level of, uh, of response. So yes. if we talk about how God can help meet a need, we're a bunch of needy people. <laughs> and so you're going to find that that hits a, a target. Yeah. And, I, and I think, and, I, and, and in truth, again, we're not, we're, try, we're not trying to pit these two things against each other. It, it's we're pastors here. Yeah, we're we're people who who are invested in the health of of the sheep, and 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 ultimately, what we talked about, maybe we cracked open in a previous episode, is that the way to produce healthy sheep is not always necessarily what the sheep have an appetite for. Yeah, but a lot of times when when we're just looking for a response for for what what, what gets the response that we're looking for, yeah, we, we we can get really really off course, and we can miss the fullness of the God that we're meant to. We're meant to represent and simply preach or lead what seems to get the greatest response that that, that makes the most yeah. impact. That, I mean, what you say about felt need there—that's that's really insightful. Hmm. I love that, hmm. and I think you can see that on a lot of levels. You can see that on a local level, but you can also see it on a big level. Like I, I noticed a while back that hmm. I was looking at this. Um, what was being played on Christian radio, and I realized it's like one song in the top twenty. Yes, that is about the cross. Uh, exactly, and I thought. That's so interesting because, and so many of the songs were like this felt need of like, right. I'm really needing Jesus in this moment. Right. There's nothing wrong with songs of like course that. Not. Absolutely. We need the songs not. like that. But there was maybe just a few too many of them. I know. And and that's because, guys, because they're the ones that people are calling the radio station and being like, play that one again. Yeah. Like, it, like it speaks to a need. But again, we're, we're not responsible. We're governed by a higher authority. We're yeah. worship leaders, which means that we have a place of spiritual authority. And that authority exists for the health of the sheep. But remember, sheep don't determine their, their diet. Like, like if yeah. you're the parent in a situation, you have a responsibility to not just feed your kid cake and candy. 
<laughs> you have a responsibility to feed them broccoli and carrots, you know, yeah. as well. I mean, we're, we're working with me on, on that. But I, and I think some of this, guys, is it, it's about the fullness of Jesus. It's about the fullness of discipleship. Our, our mission is, is again, it is to create people that are actually marked and in the image of Jesus. And, and if you look at this, like, let me, let me just use Jesus as, as an example. And we're talking about paradox here. But Jesus says this, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And we love that scripture. We <laughs> quote that scripture a lot. Yeah. Like, like we, we eat that up. But also Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross yeah. daily and follow me. Yeah. Those things seem like a paradox. They seem like contradictions. Like, which one is it, Jesus? Yeah. Like, I'm weary. I'm burdened. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm into that. But like this whole thing of like denying myself, taking up my cross daily yeah. and following you. Guys, both of those things. Yeah. Both of those things. It's like Jesus says things that are both delightful and things that are that are difficult. Yes. Like, and, and it, it is both and. And I think we have a responsibility to give a full demonstration of the Lord and King that we serve. And some days that's leading with, with the statements that are going to resonate with the felt needs of our people. And then some days that means we're leading our church with things that may not hit a felt need, but they're essential. They're critical for them growing into the full stature and maturity of Jesus. Absolutely. I love that. I wrote to some pastors a few years back. We were doing a little gathering of different worship leaders around the UK who are kind of like the gatekeepers for their stream. Wow. And and it's really great in the UK. There's a there's a <laughs> lovely pursuit of unity. It's true. And I mean I, I led something last year in Trafalgar Square, or would have been the year before now, I guess. Mm because of lockdown and everything. And it, and it was like the head of the Catholic Church in the UK, the head of the Anglican Church in the UK, the head of the Baptist Church, head of the Methodist Church, wow. head of the, the, the house church movement, all <laughs> and the Greek Orthodox, the oh. Coptic, all together on stage, just incredible, uh, kneeling together, praying incredible. for the nation. So we do have that. And so this was like that. It was like all these different worship pastors from who were kind of heading up in their streams, cross-section of the church, wow. all come together. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write to a load of pastors from different streams of the church and right. ask them to speak into where the gaps, when it comes to songwriters, wow. worship songwriting, worship songwriters, where, where the gaps that we meet, need to look out for. Right. Like theologically, right. what are we undersinging? Right. What are the aspects I of... I love that. Of, what are we undersinging? Uh, yeah. It's so good. Well, the aspects of God's character and, and of the story of God and, and it was it was actually really interesting because I wrote to Eugene Peterson, the late Eugene Peterson now, wow. but I, I thought, I wonder what he has to say. And I, I received this hand-typed letter back. It was just this wonderful, like, class. heart-filled thing of like, I applaud what you're doing. I don't think that I can contribute anything because I don't feel like I have enough connection with with what contemporary worship he's like my my connection to the modern world is really through the radio and my grandchildren (laughs) and it was just amazing oh lord bring that day swiftly i know yeah it was wonderful (laughs) he's like but i applaud what you're doing but i'm I'm not going to contribute anything and he took the time to like that's hand type yeah it was wonderful that's amazing so but but you know it was very interesting what some of the other pastors and preachers and Hmm. leaders said when they when they replied went into several different themes one of them was the return of christ wow people were saying wow because that's not a felt need is no. it you know, no, not, no no that's not going to be <laughs> like terrifying for people of calling at the radio station <laughs> please yeah. sing the return yeah. of jesus <laughs> oh let that day be but be, it oh. should be one that's I right mean, 
And so that was an interesting one. And the one uh-huh. that came through stronger than any other was Trinitarian theology. Wow. Like we need to sing about God as wow. Father, as Son, and Holy Spirit. Wow. And, and we've actually got a little bit better at that, uh, honestly, really in, in a few years since that letter. So I remember reading at the time also this Trinitarian study from Professor Leslie Ruth, and he had actually gone through the top 25 or uh, songs that were being sung in, in the church huh. and realizing this very, very little mention huh. of the Trinitarian nature of wow. God here and, and, and that that would be anything we would worship him for particularly. And, wow. and so it was like a little wake-up call realizing there's some themes about the nature, the aspect, the character of right. who God is that right. we, are, we are undersinging, we're, we're not getting to grips with. And, and they suggested, as we got into these discussions here, that one of the reasons is because we're kind of scared of some of these themes. Yeah. It's a lot easier to write about the heart of God, the love of God. Of course. We kind of, we got to grips with it a bit more, but sometimes people get freaked out. Trinitarian theology, it's like higher mathematics or something, kind of only for the real <laughs> clever and initiated. Don't, don't get there, go near there. But actually what they were saying is, no, no every, every Christian is a Trinitarian theology. From the, from the moment the Holy That's Spirit oh. met you and took you with Jesus and in Jesus and through Jesus to the Father, you became a Trinitarian theologian. And actually, we shouldn't shy away from some of these big themes. Some of these themes, reverence, holiness, they're definitely harder to write about. Wow. I think maybe they're harder also to write about with a kind of modern resonance in words wow. that will really meet people and, and yeah. resound with people these days. But, but that aside, I think they're a little bit harder to write about anyway. Personal songs, love songs, they're just a little bit easier to write. You have to really apply yourself and go after it right. to, to write some they of these They require like a totally different process yeah. as a writer. They, they require a depth and an encounter as well as like knowledge and, and insight. And I, I remember, honestly, I think this is, a, this is a very legit challenge for us as, as not just people who lead our church, but people who are trying to write and give language for, for, for the church. That's a really sobering thing to give language with what, you know, we get to determine as gatekeepers, the measure of revelation that our congregation stewards scary. of the Lord, that, it actually really scary. is sobering. Yeah, It's not something to take lightly. The no. Bible says don't presume to be a teacher. That, you wow. almost could say the thing about a worship <laughs> writer or, or yeah. worship songwriter or worship leader as well. Like this, this is though. not something to walk into lightly. No. You're it's conveying like, almighty God. Yeah, yeah. And it says you'll be judged at a higher standard. Like, yeah. don't you know that those who teach and I... I think what's something I remember doing this once way back in the day, but if you just want some perspective on what you may be undersinging, because again, this isn't just about songwriters. This is about what the songs that we lead, you know, as gatekeepers is if you just print out, like maybe it's 2020, like what songs, and if you were to break them down and be like, what would, what did we emphasize? What, what was the, did we just follow kind of the church trend? And I really think that that's, there's a danger that that we will only sing songs that are popular because those songs get the biggest response yeah. instead of being guided by by a higher understanding and authority of what our of what our what our job is is to make sure that that we're leading the church to sing some things that they may not reson they may not be it may not result in a in a congregation full of exploding hands or it, it 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 may be weightier it may be a different response not all aspects of god create in a room that kind of charismatic enthusiasm, like, you know, excitement or hands clapping. And again, I think we can become addicted to response and we can begin to think that that's, and there are moments, there are things that you sing about God that, that get weighty. 
if you want to really sing about the holiness of God, it it there is a weight that comes in the room. And anyway, there's so many cliffs I could jump off here. I love that. John Tyson's quote. He says, the angels have been locked in a room with God for thousands of years <laughs> and they still haven't got past the word holy. <laughs> I love that. It's just such a wonderful thought. That they have to keep singing so he's real. holy because he's they're seeing the holiness of God, wow. and, and may we never get past that word. It's, it's wow. one of the most key worship words, right? And sometimes when you hear a song of reverence or holiness of God hmm. or something for the first time, it's hmm. so refreshing to the soul. Wow. And I don't, I don't mean that. I just mean like it's like, oh, yes, that song. When I read scripture right. and, and I, I hear what they're singing, this song feels like it matches. I remember for me the first time I heard How Great Is Our God. Chris Tomlin, we, we were in someone's house together and he's like hey I've just written this little song and he starts playing it and it was an immediate yes in my spirit it's like oh yeah yes it, this is carrying something of wow. that, that I've struggled to carry in wow. my songs this is something of reverence and awe and the and and it was no surprise to me how how that song just, just took off flew, flew yeah. around the world because people bible reading Christians who knew God <laughs> were like yeah this yes. is my God this yeah. And what I loved about the psalm more than mm. anything else was it, it was simple without being shallow. That's right. There's not tons of words in it. Uh, it's so very, weird. very easy and immediate to pick up, yes. but it's by no means shallow. No. He wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide. It just sets off a, a yes in my spirit. Wow. This is my God. Wow. And I remember hearing Revelation song for the first time. Full on. And, yes. it, and again, the same thing, thinking like, wow, this song actually feels like it could belong in the throne room yes. of God. And it, yes. w- it doesn't feel out of place. It's right. Another wow. one for me more recent would be Is He Worthy by Andrew Peterson. It's hmm. just a wonderful, wonderful song that, again, takes me to the same place. Another one would be Worthy of It All. Wow. Another brilliant example of simple but not True. shallow. It's got a lovely depth. It's leading us into a grand theme, but in very few words. Wow. And I love these songs. They're songs of holiness that... Wow. Talk about the fact God's holy. Talk about his glorious worth. And if you notice in all of those songs I just mentioned, we hardly get a look in. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of me, myself, and I. Yes. We are. Yes. There's not a lot. And that makes me feel like this. And there's a place for all that. But yeah. I kind of love it now and again. When you find these songs, they're just so Godward. And Man, there's, I, there's holiness songs. Again, I always go to like the culture, the root, like the, the things I'm always kind of fascinated by, by those kinds of things. And one of the things that I think the church is, we hear this term prosperity gospel chucked around all the time and to, the, to the point where I'm like, we don't even know truly what the prosperity gospel is. But I think, uh, well, we know the extreme version of prosperity gospel when someone's basically just, I, I won't even go into like the, the extreme <laughs> version of it. But, but I think the prosperity gospel is so much more there's a, there's a subtle thing that the enemy is always trying to do. The prosperity gospel in its most subtle, but, but, but at its core is simply a self-serving gospel. Yeah. Like, like, and, and I think in many ways, it's so easy for us to simply deliver something that is self-serving because again, it hits, it hits that, that felt need. But part of the thing that the Lord has come to deliver us from is ourselves. Yeah. He's come to deliver us from narcissism. He's come to deliver us from, from that thing, that navel-gazing thing. And that's why there's so much warfare over worship, because when we worship, when we behold the Lord, it reorients our entire lives. Yes. Like, and, and no one, I, guys, no one gets better when they simply gaze within. Yeah. Like, we, we do not get healthy. Our, 
transformation is really what we're talking about yeah. here and how people get transformed. And Scripture makes it very, very clear. We get transformed as we behold Him. Yes. And the more we set the stage, the more we fill our lives, our minds with who He is, the more we declare that, the more we sing that. If you want to lead your church on a journey of transformation, begin to sing the character, the nature. Get your church's eyes on Jesus. Yes. If you get them on Jesus, you will watch something of, of incredible transformative nature begin to happen because that is the place of transformation. It's amazing, isn't it? Like the way God's designed it, the, 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 the thing that's most honoring to him is also the most healthy thing Literally. for us. I love that. Literally. I love that. It's so him. Yeah, absolutely. It's his nature. It's just like you you can't outgive him. No. You can't. If you try, you'll end up getting more. You know, you, the more you delight in him wow. and really who he is, the more you're going to get uplifted in in the very inmost being of who you are. And it's I love that. It's, it's like so, this. Yeah. We hear about vicious cycles. This is like a beautiful cycle. <laughs> it, it, it's no, an amazing it, cycle of grace. It, it you really throw is. yourself into responding to the glories of who he is and find yourself with even more of him. It's so so. True, and I, you know, and I'm not saying again. There's it says cast all who cares in the Lord. There, there is, there is, there is a place. Yeah, there is for 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 singing. And honestly, and the Psalms are full of it. They say that the Psalms are seventy percent <laughs> uh, of the Psalms that is <laughs> full of it. The Psalms are seventy percent like lament. It's that's true. what they say when you break down the the actual oh my verse by verse. Think about that. So that so that's in the mix here, isn't it? Right. God's not saying you can't. Tell me your concerns. No, you can't no, no, no. call on me in your hour of need. That's right. Absolutely. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where yeah. does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Helpfulness is biblical and important and relevant. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. But but you're saying, and we're saying it's more than that. It, it, it is. And I, I think sometimes it's it's so much of this is the journey that we take people on. And, and again, I, I think for me, if, if you want this to be at its healthiest, it's it's beginning with God. Anytime you begin with God, yeah. I, it's like you're gonna you're gonna set the course. You're gonna put the course on. You're gonna set the tone of the of the journey. And I think even in worship, that's why I'm a I'm a big stickler. Even particularly in my own sets, like I I open sets with like all eyes on Jesus. Like yeah. we're we are going to look at Jesus first, yeah. and then we're gonna move into a place. Uh, of response, I guess yes. is what I'm trying to say. And I, because the thing is, is again, we don't, no desire to throw the baby out with the bathwater. God not only meets us in our areas of brokenness and need, um, but he delights to. Yes. And that's such an important thing for us to understand. And that's, that's for many of us, the journey is like, we weren't pursuing God. We weren't, it's like God went after us. He, you know, the hound of heaven, he He got a hold of us and he met us in in, in our place of, of, of need. And there's, like Jesus said, he's like, I haven't come for the healthy. It's like, yeah. I've come literally for those who are caught up in themselves and they're caught up. And I've come to interrupt that story and to, and to show them where they were meant to come fully alive. And so some of it is is not just about the the contents, but it's where you put that content. That's right. Like you just that, said. That's exactly. I like to just announce something at the beginning of the service. I like those <laughs> declaration songs of saying, yes. whoa, Hold on, wherever your week's been like, get your eyes on Jesus. This Let's is go. who we're worshiping today. And you start showing them in the songs 
um, something of who he is, and and you and and that process starts to take care. And of And I'll itself. be honest, I've never known it to not work in my own self. That's great. Never once. Yeah. Have I, in a moment of pain or anguish, like or whatever it may be, whatever situation, I've never known where I simply begin to praise the Lord. Yeah. That that sometimes when all I do is just petition the yeah. Lord. I don't get much breakthrough. Yeah. Like, and it's, but it's so interesting when I begin to praise the Lord and exalt him in that place of, of tumult or, you know, inner turmoil, that's where the breakthrough really, really comes. Yes. And I remember Spurgeon, I think it was saying one time, you say, help me. Well, why not say hallelujah as well? (laughs) Because he's basically like, these will lead you. How many of those do you carry in your back pocket? <laughs> I just so uh, you know, <laughs> just I just read about dead people's stuff, yeah, maybe, really, you know, and bring it out when you oh, need it. It's so good. But I love that that kind of yes, sing help me, but make sure you sing hallelujah too. Wow. And it's just it's going to be just as much a remedy as as the, as the it, help it, me prayer. It's true. Sometimes I found the hallelujah to be much more powerful than help me. I yeah. mean, they both have their place. We yes. know that. You and know. I, one thing I love in a song, and as we come, start to come towards a, a close here, I love when a song becomes both a chapel and a classroom. Wow. So songs, it's what you're talking about, revelation and response. It's that the truth of God and then our reply to that truth. So so what you can do sometimes, like how great is our God that we mentioned earlier, it does that. The verses, they're your classroom, mm-hmm. the splendor of a king. Mm-hmm. You know, and it talks about, like I said, he wraps himself in light, darkness trusts our head. It's re-informing you, helping you remember or perhaps teaching you for the first time something about who he is. And then in the, in the chorus, we get our moment for the chapel. This is hmm. the moment where we reply, our response, our breathing out after breathing in the wonder of who he is. So sing with me, how great is our God, how great is our God. Wow. And I, I love to think about that. And I think it'd be a real good thing to think about when you're writing a song, getting into that rhythm of revelation response Inhale and exhale, chapel and classroom, but also as you put together your worship times yeah. and you're trying to get a little song list together, yes. it's a really good thing to think about. Like, am I giving chapel and classroom moments here? Wow. Might be that one song is all, some of the old hymns are all classroom. Yeah. And actually, too many of those in a row, and you feel like you're exploding, like, yeah, yes. this is amazing, but I just want to tell him what I think about this yes. now. I want to respond. I want to, I want to hallelujah him, you know? Wow. But, some of our other songs, they're all chapel. Yeah. They're all, there's not, they're not really, there's no substance to them. Yeah. Uh, but they're all like the breathing out and there's nothing wrong with that. But you can think about that in a, when you're writing a song, but also when you're putting together a song list. Oh, man. Think about, do I have both of these aspects in play here? It's so huge. And I, I think, I just have to harp on this over and over and over again, but it is essential that we fall in love with the Word of God. Yeah. Like it is, it, it's critical. Because what I think is one of the greatest dangers in worship right now is that we create cultures that that are actually divorced from scripture like they yeah. they they they're they're people's account, like experiences and encounters with god and that that like that it's like heresy finds its way into the the church in a lot of different ways and and one of the, the one of the ways that that it begins to happen is if if our experience begins to not be married to scripture the the, the way the way that it should be and i man i I, I don't know how to articulate this, but I've just noticed that when 
It's like when we when we watch a church trend, it's like, are we studying scripture? Are we just studying who God has revealed himself to be? Are we studying each other's songs and what seems to be the coolest wow. way of writing? Because a lot of times we, 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 we go, oh, that person's perspective is so cool. I love the way that they wrote about God. But we take that as the gospel. Yeah. And then we begin to to expand on their culture, even its culture of certain churches. You yeah. know, we're, we're like, oh, we love the way that they champion this. And yeah. we create a whole culture around it. And it's like, man, if we do not stay rooted it like like in scripture and if we don't uh things get so weird sometimes yes in that's church. great because that happens a run. lot following the trend of what precisely you're looking at oh this kind of song is working so right. i'm going to write this kind of song exactly. or i'm going to choose that kind exactly. of song exactly and that, and actually sometimes you you take a step back and you realize whoa we're off balance here right and man yeah. we we i i think you know what one of the things john member used to say is like we're not called to be brokers of information he, oh, he's yeah. like, like we're, we're, we're just the in-between guy and, and we get something and then, and then we, we pass it along. And sometimes I think where we get into a lot of trouble is when we, you, you might even have someone that you particularly look up to or as a, as a writer, but if you try and duplicate their style yeah. or even, even their revelation, yeah. sometimes that, that's, that's, a, that's a surefire way. It can be an important way to, to learn and grow in an area, but it also is, is something that can, be, can lead us astray. And my encouragement is, guys, feed on Scripture. Like, come under the authority of the Word until it actually begins to flow out of you. Yeah. I find you, if you feast on this on, on this book, and it's really, is like I, I say this, the only way to write the kind of songs that we're talking about is if you feast on the Word. Love like, that. You have to. Like, you, they won't come any other way. Back to Eugene Peterson again, the late Eugene <laughs> Peterson. Because uh, I have to, because you you, you, you've got me thinking here. Yeah. So he, he has this wonderful book, Under the Unpredictable Plant, and it's about Jonah. Wow. And he says that if you look at the, in Jonah when he's in the belly of the fish and he's this intense prayer, <laughs> not a word in that prayer is original. <laughs> he said it's all from the Psalms. But the, you know, the wave, your waves and breakers have swept over me and all these wow. different phrases. Wow. He said the fascinating thing is not just one Psalm, it's not just two Psalms together. It's like a mishmash. It's like what we would call a mashup now. You know, it's like, it's like a little bit from this psalm, a little wow. bit from this psalm. What's happening is in this most intense moment, he, he's, he's fed on truth and what's coming out of him is inherently truthful. Wow. It's filled with revelation. And that's a pattern for us as worship leaders and maybe particularly as songwriters. Huh. You don't have to just Essential. sit down, right, I'm going to write a new tune to this psalm or this section. Section. Sometimes it's just that you've you've fed on the word. So when in your intense moments, be it happy or painful, right. what comes out of you is right. is informed right. and guided by yes. by truth, guided yes. by scripture. I think it's a wonderful model. Huge. And so that's what we want to happen yeah. in our worship songs. We want to be singing "Worthy is the Lamb," and we want to be singing "Holy is the Lord." Wow. We want to be singing to to God as refuge, rock, shepherd, fortress. Hmm but also as king and, and judge and, and the Trinitarian God. Um, we want to sing about his faithfulness and love and his mercy, his peace, his presence, his promises, but also we do want to sing about his unchanging nature, his eternal name and his holiness. Wow. And if we can get more and more of this into the mix, there's no telling what can happen. Right. It will be so God-honoring, yeah. but it will be so healthy for us too. And it will, I believe, reach the lost and the found uh, uh, with the power of, of the truth oh, that we're singing. So would you pray with us today? Hmm. And as Quinton, our friend, begins to play, maybe also make sure you're carrying on these conversations. You might be a worship leader and you're hearing this. Take this conversation to your team. Jeremy and I, we don't have all the answers. We're no. just breaking open the conversation. Maybe go and have this conversation with your pastor. Say, I heard this. 
if, if this resonates with you today, make sure you don't just keep it to yourself and muse on it yourself, but but go go and talk with your fellow servants, and, and particularly even those in authority. Say, hey, what about if we make some inroads in the in this theme? What about if we make some changes around this? And would you keep challenging me? Sometimes I feel like I want the pastor to be challenged me. Hey, I love what you're doing, this and that, but we need more. In this area, or would you mind the gap in this area of theology? We need this. We need this. So let's do that. And that, and as we come to a close today, just still your heart. Just just make yourself still before the Lord. And just breathe in again today. Um, wow. Holy Spirit, we pray that anything's of you that's been said today, you illuminate it and wow. let all the rest just fall away and not even be remembered anymore. Yeah, but we come to you. And we say, holy are you, Lord. And we say, worthy is the Lamb. And we praise you for your attributes. And we praise you for your actions. Wow. We praise you for your holiness and for your helpfulness. Yes, the Lord reigns. And yes, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, Lord, we ask for a greater glimpse. We need to see you more. We need to see you more. Lord, if there's one cry in our hearts, it's for real, true intimacy with you. Like to know you as you are. Yeah. Only then can we be as you are in this world. Like we have to know you. We have to see you. Like in, in the... Yeah, the, the, the fool, the friendship and the fear, as Matt wrote so many years ago. Lord, there's something there as we walk in the fear of you and in the friendship um, that you've invited us into. God, there's something. I just pray that you would open up our eyes. Yeah. Like open up our eyes. Jesus, I just pray for, for that, that area of warfare over every worship leader, and that is their personal devotional life. And, and I, I just, guys, I'm just going to say this, guys and gals. Um, like there's an invitation for you to go into the depths, go to go into the deep, to go beyond the veil. To, to the Lord is there's an invitation to step into a greater revelation in your quiet time, in your devotional life. Do not shortchange that. There's something, there's something awaiting when you crack open your Bible that the Lord has been waiting for. The Holy Spirit has been waiting to teach you and to lead you in. This isn't meant to put a heavy burden in. The, the, the invitation to all these things is abiding. It's abiding in the Lord. The more we abide in Him, the more we know Him, the more we see Him as He is, the more this stuff will flow out of us. Yeah. I also feel like I'm just uh, just moving on what I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is doing in this moment. I also, as Matt was talking about pastors and, and the desire to be challenged, I just felt like Oh, the Lord wants to release pastors. I think there's there's been this, um, uh, not caution, but almost like a timidity of not knowing for, for senior leaders to not know how to address their worship leaders, to not know how to address creative communities. And I just feel the Lord going, no, it is essential yeah. that you come in and love, of course, and you build relationship. Um, but that you must speak into these things and, and, um, and to be released uh, to do that and begin to release to go after those conversations, to not leave that area unshepherded, to not lead it, to not leave it 
without guidance. So I just pray for the boldness to have those kinds of conversations, to, to just wade in to these worlds, to begin to build those bridges of relationships um, where, where it's, it's, it's teams, it's, it's a whole church leadership effort with, with one heart cry to see Jesus glorified. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, we, we say that we, we love that you've trusted us to be worship leaders. <laughs> And love that you trust us to be worship songwriters. Wow. And I mean, I love, Lord, the contending for a song, that whole process. I love seeing what you can do through a song. But I just say I don't take it lightly. And uh, wow. I, I want to honor you as fully as I can. We want to honor you as fully as we can through our words and through our music. Really paint a big picture and a a true picture of who you are that's going to be glorifying to you and it's going to be helpful to people yes god and um just forgive me for any times where i've taken too many cues from culture wow instead of taking my cues from scripture wow amen i'll just ask for for the grace in your church for an explosion of songs yes lord on just the full spectrum of who you are in your glory. That's it. I pray that we would see songs which are, yes, absolutely exploding response, but so full of the revelation of who you are. Maybe even like never before. Yes, Lord. And we know we need it. We know that when we see you as you are and sing about you as you are, that's going to be the perfect remedy and cure for so many of the ailments of this world. It's true. So many of the poisons of this world. It's, it's going to be the perfect antidote <laughs> when we see you um, and sing about you in a truth-filled way. Wow. We pray today, Jesus, that we might see you more clearly, love you more dearly, wow. follow you more nearly. Huh. Jesus' name. God bless you, everyone. We love that you're tracking with us on these podcasts. I I hope that we're a community who are going to spur each other on for great things in the Lord. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of these conversations. We look forward to seeing you next time. Hey, before we go, I wanted to just let you know how you could be part of this ongoing conversation too. Jeremy and I have decided to record some question and answer special episodes where we'll take some questions and comments from worship leaders and worshippers around the world and then let you guide the conversation. So if you'd like to try and contribute, then here's how. We've got a special phone number with a voicemail set up. So call 1-888-774-5679, which is 1-888-77-GLORY. That's 1-888-774-5679 or 1-888-77-GLORY. Leave Jeremy and myself a message and we'll see where it goes. We so look forward to hearing from you. But for now, thanks so much for listening in. And if this podcast series has been of benefit to you in any way, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please do recommend it to other worship leaders, pastors, and worship teens, and any just full-on worshipers who you think might like to take a listen. Finally, a big thanks to all who have helped us pull this together today. Thanks to Gold Pacific Studios in Orange County, California, where we recorded these, and to Quinton, our keyboard player, who's been in the room each time. And a big thanks to Sam Bailey for the theme music. A massive thanks to Jason Jones, Andrew Senga, and all of the Integrity Music family who've done so much to make these podcasts happen. 
God bless you today, wherever you are. We'll see you next time on the Redman and Riddle podcast. <laughs>